for sure. 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 Welcome back to the For Sure podcast. Yes, it is me, Jay, introing this because, well, as we all know, we all live lives outside of this podcast, and unfortunately, Pete has been living life to the fullest, and <laughs> as such, he is dog-tired because he has recently acquired a, uh, a new four-legged companion who has made it its life mission to make sure Peter has the least amount of sleep possible. So, uh, Peter, how are you feeling? I'm I'm good. I'm I'm surprisingly okay for right now. Uh, in about an hour, That's... I might be crashing, but I'm okay for right now. Okay, good, good, good to know. So, just for everybody who know, who's listening out there, Pete is on borrowed time. So, <laughs> we will make sure that we treat him well. And because uh, this is a special occasion of me actually introing uh, the episode, I'm actually going to call somewhat of an audible and uh actually welcome in our interview guest this week because we're not sure if she's going to get whisked away to a foreign country even during this interview it's katie strang from the athletic hi katie <laughs> hi guys how are you very very good um we've uh uh you know you and i've been trying to figure out a, a a time for you to be able to come back on the show um but recently uh you know every time we would talk it's you know some some excuse about working on some story uh and just not having time and so uh yesterday as yeah. we record this that you know that story was published and so um I mean, we wanted to have you on anyway but um obviously with with how you know important this story is uh you know it it, it made a really good, you know, a really good reason, I guess. Um, so I guess uh, we can just jump right in. And um, just in case, uh, I'm not sure exactly like what we're going to, you know, get into as we start as we start talking. Um, but for our listeners, we just wanted to make sure that they know um, if you, you know, if you stop this and read the story first, or, or maybe if we, depending on what we talk about, um, that, you know, the story contains uh, allegations of sexual abuse. Um, and so we just wanted to make sure up front that we told people that that, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about, you know, in case, you know, that's something that they might not want to listen to or, you know, they need to make arrangements if they, you know, if you have kids in the car, you know, maybe not the, maybe yeah. not the best episode to listen to right now. Um, but I, so I just wanted to start with, with this, um, you know, you know, like I said, obviously you, this is something you've been working on for a long time. Um, and I'm, I'm interested in like, like the, 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 uh, you know, not just the, the journalistic process, but kind of the, the human process of going through and, you know, working on this for so long, reporting it out, doing all these interviews, obviously the, you know, the writing process, et cetera. And it, it kind of goes from this thing that you are working on that you know about all of a sudden it's out in the world. And like, everybody now knows it exists. And it's like, you know, it's, you've been living with it for so long and now everybody else is, is seeing it. So what's that like as a, as a writer? You know, one of my coworkers, um, texted me yesterday and she said congratulations on birthing your third child <laughs> um, and that's kind of that's kind of what it feels like I have two little girls um and but this was such you know a labor of love and something that I was really passionate about and cared about and worked for a very long time on not quite as long as a pregnancy but um between three and four months and so I really you know hunkered down and, and devoted kind of all my time and resources into just investigating this um, piece. So um, I was really relieved to have it out into the universe, not just, um, you know, for my own mental well-being, but because, you know, um, so many of these courageous men that have come forward and spoke out, like some of them, the first time that we talked was over three months ago. So I, I felt so eager and anxious to get this out into the world because I knew it had to it was weighing on me, it had to have been, um, you know, weighing on them um, enormously as well. And so I think from their standpoint, um, you know, they they feel very happy that it's, it's finally out there and that they got to share their story in a way, um, I think, that made them feel empowered and, and hopefully, 
take sort of another step on that path to healing. Yeah, and I mean, if, if I remember correctly, um, uh, you know, a, a while ago, you wrote about a similar topic with the in the gymnastics world, right? I just want to make sure I'm remembering correctly, right? Yes, I, I did cover um, the, you know, the Nasser scandal yeah. for, you know, the better part of a year. So, and I, I've done a few of these within the um, hockey world as well. Hmm. Um, and, then, you know, with the intersection of sports and sexual abuse is something that I'm, I'm very passionate about and I'm convinced happens quite a bit more than we'd like to believe. Um, mm. And I think, you know, having that sort of exposure, seeing these sort of stories, understanding, um, you know, what to look for in terms of identifying patterns of grooming and um, manipulation and exploitation is, is really important um, for people to be aware of. Yeah, Absolutely. So, uh, Katie, during the process of, of writing an, an, an article like this, is there, you know, like, it, I guess this is more of a, just a logistics question. Like, how, what, what's the clearance process here? Uh, like, how much of how much of this is, you know, is, is like, was this something you had done a while ago, and you were just waiting for everybody to kind of like sign off and say, yeah, this can go out there? I mean, obviously, there are some cases where like. You don't get that. <laughs> like this, it's not about giving everybody a heads up because it still is a journalistic piece. But you know, how how much of it is actually like the work, and then how much of it waiting for someone else to actually be like, okay, yeah, we're gonna press send. Yeah. So I would say, like, if if, if we look at it as let's say on the more conservative estimate, say it took me about four months. It would actually search finish is about four months. Okay. So I would say the reporting process took about three months. And then the writing and also the um, vetting, fact-checking, editorial process took about um, an additional month. Oh, so 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 that's that's good. I, I I for some reason in my head I was like like Katie had this written four years ago, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know because I, I I know that like vetting and and you know background and all that can 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 take a while so. You know, I, I guess that helps in the, in the, you know, as a, I'd like to say as a pedestrian to the journalistic process, I'm, I, it's, it's pretty interesting to hear about, you know, you know, there's, I, I think, I think there's probably been like one other time where I've been able to like kind of grasp like, oh, okay, so you're, yep, okay, yep, we're, are we doing it today? No? Okay. Wait, no? <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yep. There we go. It's, yeah. it's out there now. So. Glad it's out there. <laughs> yeah, because I was listening the other day to a podcast where um, it was uh, it was Pre Perara's show where he interviews people and he had Ronan Farrow on to talk about catching. Uh, to call, yeah, I love both of them. Yeah, me too. Them, yeah, by the way. And um, uh, yeah, I I I really enjoy uh, the the Stay Tuned podcast because it like it, it's one of those things where sometimes. Um, you know, because there's so many podcasts in the world, and like I, I like so many of them, and sometimes I have to uh, find myself like, oh, am I going to listen to this one? Oh, you know, maybe it'll depend on the topic or the guest. And there are some times where I'm like, uh, I don't know if I'm really going to be interested in this one, and I start listening, I'm like fascinated. Um, but yeah, I know, uh, you know, one of the things that they talked about in the in in their talk was, um, you know, the process uh, that you know Ronan and and the people he was working with had to go through to get. Um, you know, like, like fact checking, uh, you know, because, you know, obviously it's not exactly the same situation, but you know, these are, these are obviously very serious allegations. Um, and you know, I, I just thought that that was interesting. Um, you know, how much time and how much effort goes into that, which, which makes sense because obviously, um, you know, in the reporting process, you're doing, you know, you know, your absolute best to get, you know, accurate information, um, you know, but sometimes, you know, you can get multiple versions of stories from multiple people and, and I'm sure it can be hard to try to, you know, track down and figure out, okay, like what, you know, what do I think the, the real story is here? Yeah, I mean, the fact checking and sort of corroboration verification process can be exhaustive, um, especially for a lengthy piece that, um, you know, has multiple degrees of, of difficulty in terms of you know, multiple allegations, allegations from, you know, a long time ago, such and such. Um, I haven't listened to it yet, but um, 
on Ronan Farrow's Catch and Kill podcast, I know that he devoted an entire episode just to um, that fact-checking process and, um, you know, his guardian angels, his uh, fact-checkers that, that helped him with that piece. I'm, I'm fascinated to listen to that myself um, just because, you know, they have a, a, a dedicated arm to doing just that. Right, yeah. So overall, Katie, I know that there's a, a, a bunch of times where there's, you know, like going into a story, you, you know, like kind of emotionally and, 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 and like kind of like prepare yourself for it. So I, I guess I don't, I don't know how often if at all people ask this, but like, how are you? <laughs> I know these things can weigh. I know these things can weigh on you because, again, this is material that is really tough to even just read about so then even more so to think about the people that actually went through it so you know how 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 are you <laughs> in in the scheme of things that's really kind of you to ask and i really appreciate that it's really thoughtful actually um i'm doing well you, you are correct that it, it like it does take um a ton out of me emotionally um because you know not just the time that you invest in the emotional investment but you know the you want to do right by the people who trust you with such sensitive, personal, private, um, life-changing, life-altering moments, right? And you want to do that story justice for them. And so I think that is sort of at the nexus of why it creates such a, a deep emotional investment on my part. Um, I can tell you that Yesterday morning, I'm not a morning person. My <laughs> husband is that part of our of our relationship, and I was up at 4 a.m. and doing like burpees and sled pushes at the gym oh. at 5 a.m. because I was such a ball of nerves. And and the reason why is, you know, the 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 guys that you know talk to me for my stories, they're not public people, right? And so I I wanted them. I hoped that they would be happy with how their stories were portrayed um, and how their story was delivered, you know, within the narrative structure. And I also was nervous for them because I know that, you know, even if they were entirely happy with that, even if the outpouring was almost, you know, wholly supportive and positive, which it was, um, that it could also leave them feeling super vulnerable and exposed. Um, and so I just, my heart was racing the entire day just because I, I had that sort of concern and, and worry for them. Um, but they, you know, they were all, they were all great. They're, you know, like I said, they're very tough, courageous guys. And, you know, whenever I would sort of feel nervous or upset, like I would always just think about the incredible strength that it required for them to do this. And they did so not you know, because they thought it was easy, um, but because they thought it was necessary to um, ensure that no one else went through what they had gone through. And, you know, when you stop to kind of consider that, that, you know, that always buoyed me when there were frustrating times during this is, you know, their courage and their bravery. I had a question uh, about the the actual writing process of it. You know, you've gone, you've done all the reporting. You've, you know, you, you have, you know, uh, you know, all this information. Um, you know, obviously, the goal is to have. Uh, you know, a good. I think you said. You know, you said to yourself like like you know a strong narrative structure that you know t guides the reader through the story. Like that's kind of like a fundamental. You know, uh, you know, foundation. You have you have all this information. You talk to all these people. So how difficult is it to, um, you know, to kind of uh, balance the, uh, you know, including as much as you can, but then also making sure that, you know, like let's say there's like one story that you think is interesting, but it doesn't fit into the the narrative structure. You know, so it's like at that point, would you? you know, just be like, okay, this part's not going to fit in or like maybe try to find a way to change the structure to make it fit. Like, like, like how do you go through that process? Cause I imagine it must be pretty difficult. Uh, you know, especially because like you said, these people are sharing, you know, these hard stories and I imagine you want to include as much as possible, but you also want the finished product to be as effective as possible. So like, how do you, how do you balance that? Yeah, it's really, really hard. Um, and especially with a project, um, of this scope, like I went, 
at the very end, I essentially aggregated, like collated every, every gathered every interview that I did um, and, and put it into sort of one big, you know, file. And I did, I think, um, approximately 120 interviews. And so even, like, the process of going through all those to just wrap my head around all the information that was there, um, you know, took about a week. And, you know, it, it, it's very difficult to take that abundance of information and distill it in a way that is going to serve the story and serve the reader's understanding of the story. And what I can tell you is, you know, my first draft of the story, I think it was close to 11,000 words. Um, the final the final version that ran yesterday was about 7,000. So, you know, we cut it significantly by about a third. And um, that's never easy, but I have an amazing editor. His name is George Dorman. He's an incredible journalist in his own right. He won a Pulitzer. Um, and he's fantastic about you know, really trimming the fat and um, identifying what is important for the reader to know and what is sort of non-essential. And he's also really, you know, we've worked together for a couple of years now and have a great relationship. He's also really great at, like, if I say, this has got to stay. Um, he, and, I, and I don't, I don't do that lightly, um, but he almost always will honor that. So it's a it's a very collaborative process, um, but a very healthy one, and um, it takes some time. And you know, for just kind of giving you an idea of how the sausage is made on this one, but um, we decided that in, in order to serve the story and the reader's understanding of you know this guy's pattern, not just in the way he approached players, but also in the way he moved from job to job, that it was going to serve the reader to lay it out in a very simple, logical, chronological um, structure. And that's not something I typically do, um, but it, I think it worked in this in this case, and so that's, that's why we did it. You know, like I said, as I was reading through and like thinking about, um, you know, questions to ask you, that's definitely something I thought because I, you know, I, I, I knew that you had done all these interviews and obviously it's impossible to include everything, even, even given how long it was. So yeah. Um, in the, in the story, one of the things, um, you, you know, one of the things you talk about is how, uh, you have, you know, as he's making his way, you know, from team to team and community to community, you know, he's do basically doing this same, uh, the same thing, the same trick, I guess you could call it. Um, and you know, I thought it was interesting how some, sometimes, uh, you know, it's just one person who's kind of dealing with this. And then in other teams, it's like a group of people who basically all have this, you know, this shared thing. Um, so when you, when you were reporting for this, was it kind of the same thing where, um, you know, you're trying to talk to all these people and I imagine, you know, some people are going to be hesitant to, to talk about something like this. So is it, is it the kind of case where like once one or two people share, you know, you know, tell you something that you're, that it's then easier to have other people talk to you about it? Um, not, not really in this case. And here's why, um, you know, ethically, um, I don't, really believe in, in saying, hey, so-and-so told me this, so if that changes your internal calculus of whether you'd like to disclose, that's good for me. Like, I, yeah. it, it's really dicey from an ethical perspective because you don't want to ever be put yourself in a position where you could be perceived as trying to entice someone to disclose something mm. by, by, by making it clear that someone else has disclosed the same thing. That makes me uncomfortable sure. um, because I don't think you ever want to be seen as influencing or, you know, you know, kind of shaping um, a narrative before you have all your facts. Um, so I typically didn't do that. Like, I mean, there, there were situations where, like in, in, in the Minnesota case, other people were aware of the other people. So that, that was slightly different. Yeah. Um, 
But in in the other cases, I really didn't. Um, what I would do is, I mean, I cold called. Um, every, every person that was within that story is someone that I found I cold called, hmm. basically. Um, and what I would say is, hey, I'm calling as many people as possible um, who intersected with this man and who, you know, personally or professionally and who played for him or coached with him or just knew him from the ring. Um, and I wanted to see if you had any information that you wanted to share or any experience that you think is worth me knowing about. And that's how it went. Um, so that's, that's why it takes some time, right? Is I, I went through and just called a bunch of people and, and asked what they knew. And, and, you know, sometimes it would be helpful. Like people would say, I think you should talk to this person. I think this person would be a good person with calling. Um, but that was why it was very labor intensive is, is I wanted to try to do as thorough of a job as I could. And there were a few hurdles in the sense that, you know, bless hockey DB and elite prospects that they're around now. But, you know, in the 80s or 90s, um, those rosters for, like, midget teams aren't, or junior teams aren't available. Um, so it was it was hard to even locate who, who played for him in some scenarios. So um, it was hard. It was yeah. hard and, and, and painstaking. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, 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 I've, I've never, you know, written anything close to to this, or, uh, you know, number one in terms of the subject matter, but number two in terms of like the complexity of, you know, talking to so many people. Um, I, I do feel I can, I can empathize a little bit on the, the, the part where it's like you have something you're working on for a long time, and then you're wondering how it's going to be perceived. Because like when I presented at Rochester, um, you know, that was a project I worked on for on and off for probably six months. Um, and mm-hmm. I know I was like going in, I was like terrified that people were going to be like, Oh, this is dumb. <laughs> it's like you wasted, you know, half a year of your life on, uh, you know, and, and like I said, obviously completely different subject matter and completely different, uh, you know, forms, but yeah, that was, it, it was like a relief to, to just have it out there and have it done. Um, so uh, I wanted to wrap up with, you know, obviously this is, you know, we've been talking about the article, we're talking about, you know, the, the more serious stuff, but um, so I wanted to close with like, you know, kind of like more fun stuff. Like, so what do you, you know, what are you doing for fun now? Like, I know we talked uh, uh, about, I, I know in the past we talked about cooking, like we both share a love for cooking. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so, so what's going on? Like what's new outside of this, this part of your life? <laughs> I would love to say that this hasn't been all consuming, but it really has been. Um, yeah. And I, you know what, to be honest, I suspect it will be for quite some time. I don't think the story is done. Um, and I will continue to report and follow it um, yeah. as, as it requires. But um, I also have an eight month old, so that keeps me <laughs> pretty busy. Um, she's super fun though. She's like the easiest, most good natured, baby um you know my three-year-old's a total shit kicker and um <laughs> keeps me on my toes in a much in a much different way they're they're but they're great they're both um they, they keep us on our toes and they're really fun um but i like i do feel like to like cook um a lot during wine it's so funny i like uh i don't know if it like comes with like slumming it a little bit but like i was over at um a friend's house for um she had a sip and see, which is like, you know, sometimes what you do instead of like in lieu of a baby shower, mm-hmm. you bring like after you have the baby, you um, yeah. have a little party and people <laughs> come over and drink wine and just, you know, yeah. snuggle on the baby. And it was really fun. <laughs> but um, her mom, her mom, who is a great cook, um, she brought out this cookbook for me. And it, it, it was like, you know, one of those like really stock standard Southern living, like easy weeknight meals. Right. And I am not a southerner by any degree, um, and nor is she, really. Um, but, oh, my God, I found so many delicious recipes, and they're, like, the most butterific, unhealthy <laughs> things ever. But I made one of them last week, and it was incredible <laughs> and so easy. Like, she's like, this is not one of those things where it's, like, easy weeknight dinner, only five minutes of prep. And then it actually takes, like, 40 minutes. Right. This legitimately took like five minutes to prep and 30 minutes to back. It was, it was so good. 
Oh, that's awesome. So I am still cooking. I Yay. do still make time to cook, and I've been trying to, you know, in, in terms of managing stress, um, I've been trying to get into the gym much more frequently and do yoga and do kickboxing and release some of that, you know, tension and anger. And I've been trying to hold mm-hmm. myself accountable on reading, reading a lot more um, this past year. And I was able to read a ton on maternity leave, which was mm-hmm. awesome. It kind of like re-stoked the, the fire for reading. Yeah, I know that last one's hard for me. I mean, even though like, I'm an English teacher, people are like, "Oh, aren't you reading all the time?" It's like, well, not really. Like, I don't really have, I don't really have time to read for pleasure. Uh, you know, I'm reading all this other stuff that I have to read, and you know, if you know, once you read, you know, 15 student essays that like make you want to throw them in the garbage, you know, it's kind of hard. You know, you kind of lose your passion for reading that day. Uh, <laughs> but... Totally, I get it. I get it. <laughs> We're going to let you go, but thank you so much uh, for, for taking some time out of your day to come on with us. Um, obviously, like, you know, the reception of the article from everything I've seen has been very, very positive. Uh, so for our listeners, if you haven't uh, yet read it, you know, you know, definitely go out and, and find that article. Um, I know as of right now, it's still it's it's beyond the paywall. Um, I know sometimes uh, with articles that like are this type of article, uh you know, kind of like bigger picture than just sports. Um, I know sometimes they, they, you know, they'll they'll be made available to everybody. So maybe in the future. Um, but uh, yeah, Katie, thank you so much for uh, for taking some time out and talking to us. Of course, I'm always happy to join you guys. I hope you have a good weekend. And with that, we are going to take a quick break. On the other side, uh, I'm going to have the extreme honor of introducing a very personal segment of mine. So we'll see you on the other side. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we are back. Thank you so much once again to Katie Strang for taking time out of her busy schedule to talk with uh, two schmucks uh, on a podcast. So um, this next very long winded segment, (laughs) just kidding, Uh, we're actually trying to distill our rants. So I'm very excited, very privileged and very humbled to introduce one Peter effing Flynn (laughs) or today's... uh, today's today's minute or less rant and again it's a subject that you are very well aware that we talk about a lot but again the circumstances we definitely warrant it so peter take it away uh okay i we we try to limit our uh our ranting about the department of player safety to particularly egregious uh, instances, because if, if it wasn't for that, we would probably have something to complain about every single episode that we record, uh, except, except I guess during the off season. But George Peros needs to step down. He needs to resign and he needs to do it right now because I don't know if it's him personally. I don't know if it's people that he's, he's, you know, he, he's, he, he hired to work with him that are making these bad decisions, but Zach Cassian kicked a player in the chest with a skate on purpose. And it's just baffling to me that that is not clearly a huge suspension because, you know, we've seen it in the past, unfortunately, in accidental cases like with uh, Clinton Malarchuk, with Richard Zednick. Um, I mean, Red Wings fans just saw recently, you know, Brendan Perlini accidentally got clipped in the face and it was, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the picture we saw afterwards was after they, um, you know, they, they stitched him up and it still looked, you know, pretty, pretty horrendous. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's not too hard to see a situation in which he goes to do that and he either misses or his skate hits the, hits like the padding on the chest and then kicks up, 
right? It's not that hard to envision a situation in which that happens. Um, or you know, it's just it's just mind blowing to me that a a play like that is is given seven games, right? Which you might you might say, oh well, that is that's a lot compared to some other things. But when you you know when you take into account that most suspensions are are, are way too short, uh, I don't think that that's a really good argument. So, um, it's just it's it's an egregious, uh, just horrible. Uh, decision and you know there needs to be somebody new at that position uh it's not going to happen but there should be the end <laughs> very very well said i agree on on every point and it's um uh well past time for a change uh in that particular department of the national hockey league so uh, Pete, we uh, we wanted to uh, you know again at the time of this recording, the trade deadline is less than forty eight hours. It's probably less than thirty six hours, huh? You know, it's like twelve forty four p.m. Yeah, so it's pretty darn close. By the time this airs, many deals or no deals or some deals or a smattering of deals, a <laughs> smidgen of deals, a gargantuan amount of deals could have happened. So that pretty much just restricts Peter and I to speculation. So, uh, Pete, from what you've seen, and I realize that because even though you're dog tired, you've been keeping your finger so close to the pulse of the trade market. Um, uh, what what do you think is uh, you know we've we've obviously seen the defenseman uh, market uh, active. Not really too many forwards so far, but obviously I think that's where GMs like to kind of. You know, hold 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 their their uh, hand close to the chest for for Monday. Um, I I will say one of my favorite things that I have seen so far actually is not from any team whatsoever, but from my beloved friends uh, Jayon Wright and Dan O'Toole, who recorded a, a very funny like forty second PSA thing for their show on Sports Center, and it was it was basically them like general managers, please save your trades for Monday. Did you know that one trade equals like 45 minutes of content? <laughs> that means that that means that nine trades or something could be like it, that means just 10 trades or or whatever could like equal 9 hours of content and that is just half of the runtime of Trade Center. <laughs> so, you know, the plea to uh keep your deals until Trade Center and actually keep James Duffy employed. That that was actually a lot of fun, but um, the, the idea about this segment is that Pete and I talk about trade things. So, Pete, what what do you expect to see? What do you think? Wh- what's you know what? what? Screw that. Not what do you expect to see. What is the least possible thing you expect to see happen on Monday? Wait, wait, hold on. The least possible thing that I expect to see. Yeah, I don't know yeah. how to put those yeah, what, words what's together. The, what, what what what's what's the thing that's not going to happen? Going to happen. Uh, I know, I know, I, I, that, I know that was that was a mean joke on my part. I was playing word salad <laughs> for you. So, what, what, what don't you think is going to happen um, that you would actually want yourself to happen? What, like, I, I guess maybe that's the way I wanted to word it because it's just like, what do you, what, what do you think should happen but you know won't or think won't, um, you know? Because I, I guess I, I mean to give you an example, I want a. I want us. I want a completely dumb founding trade to happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but I right. want it to happen. So, in your words, what do you think? Um, I think what's going to happen, and I think this is kind of a, uh, um, I'm not really stepping too far out here. I don't think. I'm going to predict that one of the top teams. Uh, you know, one of the Stanley Cup contender teams makes a trade that makes us all be very upset because they are going to acquire a good player or something of value uh, for a far cheaper price than they should pay for it. Uh, we've already seen that with uh, with Boston uh, getting um, Case. I, 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 I've actually never heard his name pronounced. I'm guessing it's Case um, from Anaheim. 
Uh, of course, it's it's hockey, so it's probably something like Kasha or something. Uh, and, and I'm gonna yeah. laugh if that's true, because uh, like I said, I, I just realized <laughs> as I was warming up to, as I was like getting to the part of the sentence where I was gonna say his name, I had a thought that I I don't remember ever hearing his name pronounced. Uh, <laughs> I've I've read a lot about him, especially recently, but I I don't think I've ever heard anybody say his name. So anyway, that guy. Uh, you know, Boston got him for uh, you know, you know, they they certainly didn't seem to play to to pay a premium for a player that's probably probably going to slot into their second line, uh, and and that's that's pretty scary, right? Boston got better, um, so I think one of the other teams like Tampa, um, maybe I, I don't think I don't think this team is in the same level of a contender, but uh, Toronto seems to be a team where other GMs seem to uh, seem to like to help them out for some reason. Uh, oh, you're oh you're you're in a cap crunch here. Let us help you um, for some, <laughs> for some reason. And it's not just Kyle Dubas. It's like this has happened for years. Uh, you know, this happened before then. Um, uh, oh, also just in, just in case if anybody missed it, um, uh, former and future uh, for sure guest Sean McIndoo, aka Down Goes Brown, had a fantastic article. I think it was yesterday. If not, it was it was recently, um, where he put together the all time team based solely of players that the Leafs have traded away um, and it was fantastic it was absolutely fantastic um, that's right yep so <laughs> I I don't know I have a feeling that Toronto is going to do something big um, I don't know maybe just my just my gut but I, I do think that that's going to happen uh, because as of right now they are in you know they're potentially in a position to not make the playoffs which would be absolutely brutal and devastating for that team and I think could lead to some massive changes although who knows uh, it's Toronto you can never predict what's going to go on there except that the media is going to be completely <laughs> awful uh, just like a couple <laughs> other cities uh, what so 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 is there anything specific you think is going to happen well, um, based on what I've seen, I would, uh, I, I don't know, it, I guess it's always tough to say. You know, again, we're talking about you and me. We're talking about Peter and Jay. And then there are the very, uh, you know, there are the Bob Kenzies and the Darren Dragers of the world that, like, have, you know, obvious more insight. And, and even they can be completely uh, left in the dust on, on what could or should happen. But I, I guess what I would like to see is... I don't know. I, well, from a personal standpoint, I'd like to see the Wings do do something. I think they are going to do something. I mean, there's you know they made a uh, they they claimed um, the the Cody fella from uh, the Senators. So you know, I get I, I guess in the scheme of things, you know, from a personal thing, I'd like to see the team do something. Obviously, not to try, <laughs> to try and compete, but according to uh, Down Goes Brown, he actually had a good he actually had a good tweet, which was, um, "Hey." Uh, if we had the gold plan, this is the part where the because the wings were eliminated from uh, a playoff contention last night. Too bad, so sad. Um, and uh, he had said under the gold plan, this is where the wings would load up because with the gold plan, it means that the second year eliminated the 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 teams that get the most points throughout the end of the season, they end up with the number one pick. So um, that 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 world actually was far more enticing to me. So I, I wish Monday were a, this is where the Red Wings, you know, trade away all all the, you know, the, the, the dead weight to, to somehow figure out a way to, like, be the most competitive yeah. team down the stretch, even though they mathematically yeah. can't make it. So, you know, I, 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 I obviously, like I said, a bunch of defensemen have been moved. I would love to see, a, 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 like, a, a, a team just like completely swing for the fences and like I don't know like like give up some absurd package to 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 get like either like the face of another franchise or you know it, but I guess what my heart really wants is I want a big goaltender trade that's, that's what I okay. want out of Monday I want one team to offer questionable questionable assets just not not in terms of just like a questionable amount like like did he talk to the owners about this? Does he have the ability to just do this by himself type package for just a, just just for no good reason? Like you said, because Boston got better, that obviously means the target on their back got that much bigger. So I would like to see some team respond in kind. Because, yes, at the end of the day, I think that 
while Boston getting better is like good, goodish in terms of like making everybody kind of stay on their toes, you know, because I saw that, uh, you know, the Lightning guy Coleman from New Jersey, you know, it'd be really, really funny to see just like the Lightning just go like completely overboard to try and avoid what happened last year because they got outed by the by the Jackets, just like first like they like they find a way to trade for like, I don't know like. Ooh they, ooh, they get Lundquist, and, like, Lundquist, like, on the plane ride, like, touches the sky and gets superhuman powers, and all of a sudden, like, the, the, the lightning are a lock or something. I don't know. You know, again, this is, like you said, this is all speculation. This is all stuff I like to see. So, like I said, personal level, I'd like to see the Wings offload some stuff, you know, because at the end of the day, while they do have the best odds, it, it does suck that the combination of the San Jose and Ottawa picks could have them land in a better position than us. Um, so obviously some insurance in that regard flip side is we don't really have too much to offer in that case, but we do have some things, you know, but it's, 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 I, I just hope I just in, in the truest sense of the word, I just hope everybody has fun Monday. I just hope everybody has a good game. I just hope everybody has fun. Yeah. So, um, so, so we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see what comes out of that. Um, this, this episode is going to drop on Monday, which is the trade deadline. Um, so the following episode, we can talk about if there were any any big blockbuster trades, uh, anything like that. Uh, we can obviously talk about that, and hopefully by then I will be a little bit more uh, mentally rested to be able to to, to talk more coherently, uh, and we can talk about uh, basically it'll kind of be like we'll be looking at the the playoff push, you know, like who's you know, who we think is going to make it um, as, you know, obviously we are always a hundred percent right uh, in our predictions. So um, uh, and <laughs> now's the time where I have to think, Oh, I, part of me wants to go back and listen to our season predictions. And part of me is like, no, nah, it's okay. Uh, you can just, you can just, you can just <laughs> no, pretend everything. You can just pretend everything was great. Everything was perfect. <laughs> you nailed every single thing. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, so before we wrap up, I, uh, we have a a big anniversary in the hockey world to uh, to celebrate this uh, this weekend. Um, I think today, as we record it, right, is the anniversary. Yeah, yep, it's a big deal. I mean, it was a big deal for everybody that saw it, and and then now it's an even bigger deal because it is a moment of extreme note in the history of not just the sport but also the country itself. Um, the miracle on ice. Yes, that's what that's what we're talking about. The, you know, for it, what's what's nice is uh, there's a, a chunk of the team still alive, which is cool. So they obviously have great stories uh, from that era. I know NBC Sportsnet did a, uh, a, a documentary to to air about. Um, I know that there's a couple of different events that are happening today, and there's uh, content aplenty from both the NHL and Team USA to. To sate everyone's um, uh, uh, curiosity about, um, you know, just how ridiculous it was. Because, again, I think the part that a lot of people um, continue, uh, maybe not overlook or maybe not champion the most out of it, but these were amateur players playing against career profession- <laughs> professionals. This was a, you know, I don't, I don't know if we're still, you know, I, I, I still want to, I, I still think they played a Russian team that was still, very much, very much a good team. I don't think this was a hey, they were on their decline, and the USA got to get in a timely counterpunch to yeah. to to knock them off the pedestal. I think this was as 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 miraculous as it was advertised and called by the famous Al Michaels. So, um, Pete, what was your when? I guess what was your first interaction with with this event? Well, like when did you first hear about it and? And and what did you well, think when when well, you first there's um, it? It's interesting because th- this is one of two events uh, that were kind of foundational for me as a as a hockey person. Um, however, I was not uh, okay. I was I was alive and I was sentient. Uh, <laughs> I was conscious, but I don't rem- I don't have a memory of this uh, because. 
Um, basically for the uh, the first Islanders championship uh, in 1980, and as well as the uh, you know th- you know this this gold medal. Um, you know, my dad was watching, and I was in the room, and uh, I, I remember for one of them, I think he woke me up by screaming when they won. I think I think it was the Islander game, but I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I, w- I was alive for for this. Obviously, I don't have any memory of of it happening. Uh, so. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, I think it's just something that, you know, if you're a hockey fan, you know, every now and then this just comes up. This is mentioned. Obviously, there was the, uh, you know, the movie that came out, um, I guess not too recently, but, you know, relatively recently compared to when 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 the event happened. Uh, you know, there's a movie uh, that is, uh, you know, like a really a really great movie, um, you know, very fun to watch. Uh, so, yeah, I think. You know, I think I think that's you know that's kind of like how I have experienced this, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I'm glad you were alive. I I I was I was gifted to the yeah. earth a mere six years later. Um, so, um, I'm 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 glad that you have those moments actually <laughs> happen while you're breathing the sweet sweet air of this planet Earth. Um, so uh, I, I I would say that there's. I'll, I'll, I would think that a lot of people, at least from my current age group, I'd like to think that pretty much it's all of our dads that figured out a way to teach it to us. And try, I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember, um, like, I remember reading about it a bunch, but it was really the, the Kurt Russell miracle movie that, that piqued my interest in it. And what was weird was my first thought, the second the credits started rolling, I was like, wait, they all... They didn't keep playing hockey like like it had all the like their current jobs at at at, at the release of the movie, and I was like, oh, that kind of stinks, you know, like like how ridiculous would that have been? Like the team of complete nobodies, they tapped into the ethereal immortality juice. <laughs> they not only beat Russia, they became the winningest team of all time. Split up Team USA, they could have said, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot to 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 derive from it. You can. You know, there. I think the movie does a fantastic job of of kind of setting the scene of 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 what the political climate was and 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 what the team represented to so many people. And you know, I love I love the shot of them, you know, walking out for the game against Russia, and they're all tapping the, all the different telegrams and all the different letters that they've hung up on on the wall outside their locker room. And you know, there's there is some good old fashioned American patriotism happening on there, the good kind, as it were. And, um, you know, it was just really nice to see, um, you know, a moment like that played out and, and done so well. The, 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 the director of that film, uh, his name is escaping me at the moment, but he currently, but he's been, um, I, I believe, uh, Gavin O'Connor is his name. Um, <laughs> I, I might be completely wrong on that, but, uh, he also did the movie Warrior with, uh, Tom Hardy and, um, uh, gosh, the guy, I, I forget his name, but he played, uh, Owen, uh, Uncle Owen <laughs> Lars in Revenge of the Sith and uh, Attack of the Clones. So uh, that was that was also a just a phenomenal phenomenal effing film. And um, you know, there's there's something to be said about being able to you know because sometimes sports movies it kind of sucks to have a um, it's just yeah it is Gavin O'Connor. Um, it, it's sometimes sports don't translate well to film. So it was really nice for just a really well-made film to demonstrate a really awesome moment. And then, you know, re- recently Mike Tirico sat down with Al Michaels talking about it. And, you know, again, we're still talking about back then, you were pretty much at the mercy of the news organizations and the media outlets. Because, uh, I mean, the game itself was uh, aired on tape delay in the States, but it was aired live in Canada. So everybody in Canada got to watch yeah. it live. But then, you know, they I think... I think it was during one of the recent games. Keith Jones was was, was saying like, yeah, he, he he lived near the border, so he got he had he had Canadian channels, but he also got the American channels as well. So he watched it live, and then he tuned in later that night to watch it again because it was just over the yeah. top. So, um, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then there was the dumb, then there was the dumbing thing for me. I was just like, yeah, and they win the gold medal. Oh no, they they didn't win the gold medal against Russia. Yeah. They just beat Russia on the, on the way yeah. on the way to the gold medal. Oh, oh, okay. All right. I mean, I guess that takes a little bit of the. No, no, no. no that's yeah, still exactly. Good. That's still good. I mean, it kind of just pushes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
I guess I guess that brings us to the end of our show for this this week, right? Or this this episode. I think I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, it does. You know, we can tell everybody to go celebrate, uh, wave, wave an American flag, drink a beer, tell Russia they suck. You know, because that's that's that that's what the miracle on icers. Exactly. Want us Absolutely. To do, right? I, I cannot think right. of one reason yep. why not. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Thank you so much to everybody for listening. Um, like I said, I really hope that next next episode I'm in a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm more mentally rested because uh, this this was kind of a struggle, but I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we did it because we we took a little time off, and part of that is because um, we've been working to try to get uh, Katie on as a guest, and the the timing has just been tough, especially obviously with her working on this story all the time. Um, and so uh, we were very, very fortunate that we were able to, to make that work. Um, so, and then on huh? on top of that, Pete, we are, we were on the road. Yes, we did we did do a little uh, do a little jaunt um, down uh, down Columbus Way yeah. uh, for the uh, Blue Jackets Analytics Conference. So, you know, we it yeah, it's it's been a minute, but uh, you know, things are heating up. We're, we're, we're coming up on playoffs and we can start talking about, you know, potential matchups and stuff and then, uh, you know, uh, uh, complain about other things, yeah. which is just the tradition that just keeps on giving here at the For Sure Podcast. Yeah, so I think um, I think what we can do is next episode, we'll have to remind ourselves, uh, we could talk a little bit about Columbus because uh, I think it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I think it's definitely something we could talk about. Yeah. Um, I think we got some good stuff to share. So, um, yeah, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Uh, as as usual, we, we should hopefully be back on a schedule now of you know every two weeks, uh, you know, give or take every now and then. Um, so if you uh, want to uh, follow us, you can follow us on social media. I am at P Flynn Hockey on Twitter. Jay is at the Roar underscore twenty four. Uh, you can find our podcast at 200 foot pod 200 FTPOD. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash for sure pod, F E R S U R E P O D. And you can find uh, our merchandise. Our merchandise store um, is tinyurl.com slash for shirt, which is F E R S H I R T. Um, we have lots of cool stuff there. Um, I was showing Jay last night that I am eventually going to have to get a new Thrillo uh, because Eddie has decided that he he's basically at war with anything in our house that is cloth based with stuffing inside of it. Uh, so uh, the good news is he has gotten a little bit better at that. We're we're working on it. We're taking him to training classes and stuff starting soon. But um, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to replace that at some point. Uh, so if you have a dog that has has chewed up uh chewed up one of your throw pillows you can get a for sure one if you want uh so go check that out um lots of good stuff there and uh we will be back in a couple weeks for sure 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 for